Good deal. Hey, I'm in a series of, anyway, we must stop. I'm wearing a tie this morning to second service. Did you pick up on that? I always wear a tie to first service, but when I come in here, it's kind of laid back and loose. Second service, I don't wear ties. My daughter put this ensemble together for me today. Whitney, she she dressed me today. Uh, she wanted me to be styling and profiling. And so I didn't take the tie off just for my girl Whitney, all right? So anyway, whatever that's worth. I've, I've, had, I've got two strikes on me so far, Brent. I'm about to, about to strike out. So let's start the message. You ready? I'm in a series of messages talking about holy habits. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are to train ourselves in godliness in order that we might live the life that God envisions for us as followers of Jesus Christ to live. And so here's my statement for you today. Passionate followers of Jesus Christ are in the habit of living by faith. We are in the habit of living by faith. All the other things that followers of Jesus might do are for nothing if they are not fueled by faith. The life of faith and the fullness of the Holy Spirit is essential to everything else we are called to do and be as followers of Jesus Christ. Without the Spirit of God filling us by faith, we are just like this old baseball glove right here, good for nothing. All this is is leather and laces. In fact, it took Zane and I a little while yesterday to pull it out of the bucket in the garage because it's been there for a long time, just to lay in there, and it's a cool glove. Steve, it's a shoeless Joe glove. These are awesome gloves right here. But you know what? This, this glove is nothing. It's, it's just leather and laces. It is not, it is not until I take this live hand and slip it inside of this glove that this glove becomes alive. And it becomes a useful piece of sporting equipment. Uh, Ron asked me if he wanted me wanted to throw a ball to me this morning. Buddy, I wouldn't be able to catch it if you did, so let's don't do that. But it does. It comes alive. Why? Because my hand is inside of it. I am fulfilling the purpose for which this glove was made when I feel the inside of it with my live hand. Are you getting the point? Our lives can't fulfill the purpose for which God made them until they are filled on the inside by the Holy Spirit of God. Without that Spirit of God filling our lives, we are just empty. I like the way Paul said it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So, the life of a follower of Jesus Christ is fueled by faith. And that leads us to our passage this morning I want to share with you from John's Gospel, chapter 7. So you can turn to John, chapter 7. Jesus describes the life to which He calls us in these amazing terms, John chapter 7, beginning in verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, 
Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd do something amazing in this room. I pray that you would fill this room with your Spirit, fill our lives with the fullness of the Spirit of God. Speak to us through your Word and by that great Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here is a glimpse of what our life should be like in Jesus Christ. It, it describes, first of all, how a person is saved, and then how a saved person is to live every day. First, Jesus describes the thirst that we all have. It is an internal spiritual thirst. Verse 37, on the last day, which is the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he shouted out, he cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, this is a truly amazing scene. It happens during what is known as the Feast of the Tabernacles, which commemorated the Israelites traveling through the wilderness on their way to the Promised Land. During those years, they lived in tents or tabernacles. And God miraculously provided for them all along the way. On one occasion, the Israelites despaired that there was no water to drink. And they became thirsty. And so they started grumbling and complaining like we know how to do. And they grumbled against God and they grumbled against Moses. So God led Moses to this rock. And God said to Moses, Strike the rock. And so Moses did that. He hit the rock, and as soon as he hit it, it started gushing out water. Instantly, water began flowing from the rock, and the people's thirst was miraculously quenched. Jewish writings describe how the Jews of Jesus' day commemorated this great event. Every day during the Feast of the Tabernacle, a priest would go to the pool of Siloam where he would draw with a golden pitcher full of water and then bring that pitcher back to the temple. He would then pour the water out of the golden pitcher on the altar. And while this was going on, all of the people joyfully shouted words and sayings and scriptures from the prophet Isaiah. All of this was a vivid reminder to the people of how God had physically quenched the thirst of their ancestors in the wilderness. So here's Jesus on this particular day. He's at the temple. And He's watching all of this happen. He's listening as the people were quoting from the book of Isaiah. And Jesus knew that for all the hyper-religious activity going on, for most of the people there that day, there was still a great aching emptiness in their hearts that this religious celebration couldn't fill. There was a thirst inside of them 
that religious traditions could not satisfy. Even as they celebrated the time that God supplied water for their ancestors in the wilderness, for most of them there that day, their souls were like this dry, parched desert. And so John 7.37 says that at just the right moment, the Son of God stood up and He shouted above the noise that was going on, Hey! If anybody is really thirsty, they can come to me and drink. You see, Jesus knows that our greatest longing is for God. And that our greatest satisfaction is found in a personal relationship with God. Jesus knows this, but we don't. Oh, we know there's something missing in our lives. We know there is an emptiness and a longing going on inside of us, but we're really not sure how to satisfy it. So we turn to other things and try to quench this spiritual thirst that is innate in all of us. We turn to sensual pleasures like eating, home cooking, feel-good foods. Or we turn to sexual pleasures. Or we turn to buying new stuff, all trying to quench the spiritual thirst within us. And you know what? Those things do satisfy, but only for a very short while. Mostly they leave us feeling emptier than ever before. And so we got to keep going back and we have to have more. It's kind of like a narcotic. We need more and more and more of it. Trying to, to fulfill the, the need that we have in our soul. Or, or you know what, we think, you know, maybe, maybe if I just start going to church and doing some religious things, that's going to quench the thirst that is in my soul. Again, Jesus knew this was the case for the people in Jerusalem on that day. They were engulfed in a great religious moment. But Jesus knew that could never satisfy the true thirst in their soul. Because our greatest longing is for God. And the only satisfaction we're ever going to have and know and find is when we meet God through Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with Him. So Jesus shouted above the noise of religious activity that day. Hey, listen, if anybody is thirsty, come to me and drink. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, just, just right now in this moment, it has dawned on you today that, you know what? You can come to church and you can sing the songs and you can listen to the sermon and at least act like you're paying attention. But you can walk out of here even more thirsty than when you came. You'll keep leaving thirsty until you connect with Jesus. Until you come to Jesus and drink. God made us with this thirst. We've all got it. And He is the drink that satisfies. That brings me to my second point. It's just the drink. Look at verse 37b. If anyone is thirsty, Jesus said, let him come to me and drink. This is how our spiritual thirst is quenched. 
we come to Jesus, who has an inexhaustible supply of living water made available to us to drink. Jesus knows that the other places we go to quench our thirst will at best leave us longing for something else. And at the worst, those things will destroy our life. Years ago, Tom Hanks uh, was in a movie called Castaway. Remember that? I, I, I do remember the, the movie. My favorite part was his friend, the little volleyball that he made, you know. But it was a great movie. He's in a plane crash over the Pacific Ocean. He's miraculously uh, survived the crash. He's washed up on this deserted island. And, and his very first obstacle that he has to overcome is to find something to drink because he's he, he's dying of thirst. He needs something to drink. And so there's this great struggle of, of just trying to find drinking water. Now, that may seem odd because he is surrounded by water. But why is he dying of thirst? Well, it's because the water that he's surrounded by is, is salt water, not the kind of water that quenches thirst. In fact, if you drink enough salt water, it's, it's going to kill you. I mean, that, that's what salt water will do. Sometimes people get so thirsty when they are in that kind of predicament that they just begin to gulp down salt water. But what happens is that salt water is four times saltier than the water in our bodies. This causes our body's cells to begin to shrink. So our kidneys begin to remove the salt from our bodies so fast that we're losing more water than we're taking in. And we dehydrate. Drinking salt water doesn't quench your thirst. Drinking salt water kills you. And Jesus knows there are many things that we turn to and drink from thinking they are going to satisfy the thirst that is in our soul. But in the end, all of these other things are going to kill us. Why? Because they are keeping us from the one source of satisfaction. And that is Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus goes on to explain what exactly happens when we come to Him and drink. You see, what He's really talking about here is believing. He's talking about faith. In verse 38, He says... He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So, drinking equals believing. Jesus said, you come and you drink, what you're actually doing is believing in me. But believing is more than just thinking something is true. A few months ago, not long ago, I used uh, this, this old familiar illustration I'll just keep using it until I die because you forget all the, no, no, you don't. You remember. I'm telling you. It's the illustration of the old chair or the stool. Okay. Make sure. <laughs> you got to check. I, don't I can say, I believe that stool is going to hold me up. I mean, it's constructed. Well, it's not really constructed that great, but I believe that stool is going to hold me up. That's one thing to say that. That's not what biblical faith is, though. It's not just saying you believe. What real faith and real trust is, is when I come over here and actually put all of my weight on this stool. 
That's faith. I'm not just saying I believe in something. I'm, do, I'm actually demonstrating faith by putting my weight on it, my full support on it. And that's the kind of believing that Jesus is talking about here when it says we drink from Him. We completely trust Him. We put our full weight on Him. So, I can either put my confidence in my own righteousness to save me, or I can put my confidence in Jesus. There's my choice. I can either put my confidence in something sinful that is going to make me feel satisfied, or I can put my confidence and faith in Jesus to give true meaning to my life. I can choose to lean on my own understanding and worry about things, or I can put my weight on Jesus and have the peace that passes all understanding. One day Jesus encountered a woman in the heat of, a, of the day at a well of water in a place called Samaria. This woman was a very immoral woman, and Jesus knew it. But Jesus had plans for her life. You see, He was going to change her from the inside out. And as the woman drew water out of the well, Jesus explained to her that our bodies need water. Don't they? I mean, I'm learning this all the time, that, that I, I feel better and I'm more healthy when I stay hydrated. And right now, I'm dying for a drink of water. I really am. I'm thirsty, and, 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 and my, my body is saying, drink it, Will. They don't care. I just wish I had some for you. So I'll take another drink for you, all right? Our bodies need that water, don't they? And Jesus said, you know what? That's true. God made you that way. He made you that your body needs water. But you know what? Our, our souls need something else. And he called that living water. Only living water can satisfy your soul. John 4.13, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water is going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What Jesus is doing here is describing that one drink. I don't maybe you've never heard this term before, but it's a good term, one drink. Say it with me, one drink. He's describing the one drink of eternal life. You see when you put your trust in Jesus to pardon your sins and take control of your life, the one drink is all it takes. Did you get that? One drink is all it takes of this life-giving water. The word drinks in John chapter 4 is in the past tense. It's talking about a completed action. So you come to Jesus and drink that living water that He's offering you, and your life is changed. Bam! Right there. You drink of His salvation, and instantly, the Bible tells us, we are transformed from the inside out. Our lives are completely changed, never to be the same again. But can I tell you something? The Christian life is more than just a one-time experience of having my sins forgiven and getting my go-to-heaven free card. 
It's much more than that. It is a life of living moment by moment in complete trust and total reliance upon God. And that is the drinking or the believing that Jesus is describing in John chapter 7 when He says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to Me and drink. Let him come means you keep on coming. And drink means you keep on drinking. And then in verse 38, he said, He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The who believes means keep on believing. So Jesus is telling us as believers, you know what? You keep on coming. You keep on drinking. And you keep on believing. The, the life of a Christ follower is therefore a minute by minute. Hour by hour, situation by situation, dependence upon God. And the result of this is that rivers of living water will flow from within us. And guys, let me tell you, this is not just a little puddle that appears after a rain shower and then dries up. This is a mighty river that is flowing inside of us straight from God. And it never runs dry. It's inexhaustible. It meets every need. It satisfies every longing of the heart. And it never runs out. Listen carefully to this. All of what I've been describing to you is the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit who makes Jesus real to us in this way. How do I know that? Verse 39. By this He meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So, there is the one-time gift of the Holy Spirit when we're saved. Alright, you got that? It's really important that you doctrinally understand this. When I was six years old at the Westside Free Old Baptist Church, when I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, the very moment I prayed that prayer and asked Jesus to come into my heart, the Holy Spirit of God moved into my life. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the one drink of salvation that Jesus is talking about. But then we know from the Bible that we can come to Jesus and drink countless times every day from the Holy Spirit as much as we need. And this is called the filling of the Holy Spirit. So our thirst is quenched when we come to Jesus and drink living water from the fountain of eternal life. And that becomes a river in us. But it doesn't stop inside of us. Because there's a third word I have for you today. Not only thirst and drink, but what about the word overflow? Verse 38, He who believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So this living water of the life of Jesus in us quenches the thirst of our souls. But notice the direction of the flow. Jesus doesn't say that this river flows into us. No, He says it flows out of us. 
Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because what most of you want to do is dam up that river. You just want all that blessing in your life. But that's not what God says. It flows out of our heart. That means that Jesus puts this river in us that satisfies the longing of our thirsty souls, but it doesn't stop there. It overflows out of our lives into the lives of other people that we come in contact with. And here's how it works. Another thirsty soul comes up to us that doesn't know this life-giving water, never drank from Jesus. They have this great thirst that they can't quench and they come to us and the life-giving water of Jesus is to flow out of our lives into their lives. We are to be a witness to them. We are to transfer this life-giving water from us to them. It flows out of us. Therefore, our life becomes this pipeline where the river of life gushes through. Really, if you want to come to it, all we are is a piece of conduit, man. <laughs> and the water of life is coming out of our life into the life of somebody else. Again, Jesus is speaking here about the great ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 39, by this He meant the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us and it makes the life of Jesus real to us. And we pass that life-giving water on to somebody else. For non-believers, this happens when they're first saved. Let me say that again. For non-believers, this happens when they are first saved. This river of life comes into their soul, quenches their thirst, and flows out of them the moment they're saved. A very religious man named Nicodemus came to Jesus one night asking some very deep personal questions. I, I preached a series of sermons on this not long ago. He came to Jesus at night because he was too embarrassed to go to Jesus during the daytime. And he asked Jesus some real important questions. He didn't know what to do with his life. It, it really didn't have meaning. He, he was thirsty, man. That's what Nicodemus was. He was thirsty. So he came to Jesus. And Jesus tells Nicodemus what he needs to do. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. What he said, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't get it. He was confused. How can I go back a second time into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of both water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. So it's not enough to just be born physically. All of you were. And I think you're all still alive. <laughs> I need to check the pulse of some of you, I think. We've all been born physically. We've been born of the flesh, but that is not enough. We must be born again spiritually. And this means the Holy Spirit of Jesus comes to live in you. This is the river of living water that flows from within us. And we get that when we're saved. But for the believers, this flow, this filling of the Spirit happens every day that we live. Remember Jesus said that we are to keep on coming and we are to keep on drinking and we are to keep on believing. 
Every day we keep on doing this. Jesus is describing here the repeated filling of the Holy Spirit that we need multiple times in a day. Ephesians 5.18 says it like this, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Let me try to describe it to you like this. Let's, let's pretend our life is, is a glass jar, jug. Okay? And you fill that jug up with water. And you take it outside into the elements of the real world. What's going to happen to that jug of water that is filled to the brim? Well, it's going to start evaporating. And you might go out there in the heat of the afternoon and, and, and a third of the water is gone. It's evaporated. The world, the world has sucked the water out of the jug. Are you with me? I'm talking in layman terms here, but I think you get it. And if you leave that jug of water out there long enough with the lid off, you know what? It's all going to evaporate. All the water is going to be gone. Do you see the picture of your life? You live in the real world, man. And yes, we have received the Spirit of God. It is a river flowing within us and out of us. But you know what? The world is sucking. <laughs> the world is sucking that water dry. The world is sucking the life out of us, isn't it? How many of you had a problem you had to deal with this past week? Anybody? A tragedy. A grief. Even sickness. The world sucks it out of you. And if you're not continually pouring water into the jug, it's going to evaporate. It's going to be gone. So you know what? Every day you need to go back to the well. <laughs> Every day you need to go to the Lord, to Jesus, and say, Jesus, through Your Holy Spirit, fill my life up. Fill me up. When you got a problem, you go get filled. Lord, top me off. You know what, guys? Listen to me. I'm just talking to you as a, as a, as a person right now. That's what I long for more than anything else because that's what I need more than anything else. The fullness of God in my life. Now, I know some of you free will Baptists are getting real uncomfortable right now. We're kind of, ooh, is he? Ooh, I hope he stops right here. Ooh, I'm getting real nervous. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Ooh. We're just, I don't know, we're just, for some reason, we're like that. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit has a very important function in the Godhead and in our lives. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not afraid to be full of the Spirit. We need it. Every Sunday morning when I'm driving to this place, I pray the whole time from my house to here, Lord, fill me with Your Spirit. I want to be full of the Spirit of God today. Another little term we preachers use is the anointing. Kind of the same thing. Lord, I want Your anointing. I need Your anointing. I can't do this by myself. I walked out of my office just a few minutes ago and the last prayer that I prayed was, Lord, I can't do this without You. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God come on me because the people need to hear a word from you today. And I don't have the word, but you do. So fill me, Lord. Anoint me. Use me. 
And I pray that prayer not only for me as a pastor, I pray it for me as a, as a husband and as a man and as a father. Because we need the fullness of God in our life. So, passionate followers of Jesus Christ are in the habit of living by faith. And did you know the only way you can live by faith is to be full of the Holy Spirit of God? So, are you? You can be when you come to Him. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would speak to hearts as only you can. Lord, there's some people in this room that need to come and be saved today. They, they need the one drink from Jesus. They're spiritually dehydrated. They need to be filled with your Spirit. Dear Lord, there are other Christians here today that, that just have great needs in their life and, and their, their, their well is getting low, their pitcher is getting low. They need to be capped off today with your Spirit. May they come and receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit today. May you fill their life with your Spirit. May you meet their need with your Spirit. Dear Lord, may we just come close to you today. Bring you the needs and the hurts and the problems that we face and have. Lay them at your feet and trust you to meet those needs. Lord, again, I pray that you would fill this place with your presence. And fill our lives with your Spirit. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. And then to step out and come to an altar and pray. Whatever your need.